three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Have You Seen Me seamlessly picks up where Gossip Girl leaves off, but with more sex, more lies, and more dead bodies a la How to Get Away with Murder and You. When a coveted member of a group of entitled yet ambitious 20-somethings goes missing, their deadly secret is threatened to be exposed. But the real question is, who will be next? Read Have You Seen Me by creator Candy Washington on Amazon Kindle Vela or listen and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. Where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care if you are listening on the podcast. If you're joining us on YouTube, then welcome back to The Lux Life. As always, I'm Candy Washington, and I'm so excited and honored to help you lead a more joyful life. But before we dive into today's episode, which is a very enlightening conversation with the Jenna Banks, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and share, because your journey to self-love, self-worth, and manage manifesting everything you want in this world is always better with community and support. And we drop weekly episodes and you're not going to want to miss one. So go ahead and subscribe and share this podcast and YouTube channel. So with that, welcome Jenna. Thanks. Nice to be here. Absolutely. So for everyone who's listening who may not be familiar with Jenna, she's a self-love advocate. She's also a public speaker, podcast host, and author of the forthcoming book, I Love Me More, How to Find Happiness and Success Through Self-Love. So obviously she's in the right place because that is all we talk about over here is self-love and self-care. So welcome, Jenna. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for uh, letting everyone know a little bit about my background and my upcoming book, which is releasing March 8th. I don't know when this episode will air, probably by the time it's already launched, but it it, it is launching on International Women's Day, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we, you know, self-love. I wrote the book for women specifically, not because men don't need this. I've met a lot of men who really need to work on their self-love as well. But as women, we have unique sets of issues, as I'm sure you know, that <laughs> prevent us from loving ourselves and just the ways we think women are supposed to behave, social norms, biases, and all of that, that really disconnect us from loving ourselves. So I think as women, we do face some unique sets of issues that my book, I, I aim to resolve with my book. Oh, that's great. And, and what are some of those sets of issues that you find women have maybe more so than men, or maybe not more so, but just that women have when it comes to self-love? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Actually, there are some that women have more so than men. There's data and research and science behind it. Number one, yeah. I get into uh, right away in the book, I talk about one of the big things, which is self-love is not selfish. Us women specifically are programmed and conditioned to believe that if I put myself first, if I put my happiness first, if I make myself my highest priority, that is narcissistic, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or selfish or whatever. And so I had to address that right away in the book, because how can someone be open to loving themselves if they actually carry around that belief? And that's really passed along to us by our, our mothers, our grandmothers, the other females in our life who showed us that self-sacrifice was a virtue and you put yourself mm -hmm. last, right? 
Yeah. Another. Oh, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you're exactly right. It's almost like the martyr syndrome Mm -hmm. where you you think that you kind of gain something by sacrificing yourself, but like, that's not the case. And and before you step into your next point, how do you define self-love? Um, it is, I mean, for me, it's multiple, it's multifaceted for sure. But I mean, just if I were to give it a one sentence definition, it'd be making yourself and your, and your happiness, your number one priority. Yes. So yeah, it's like, we don't, we know, we don't often think of that. I'm sure you know, this more (laughs) than anyone that self-love isn't like they kind of try to bubble wrap or put a bow on and wrap it up in, in, uh, you know, all over the place and, and in blogs or whatever. It's like, Oh, go get your nails done, get your hair done. You know, it's so (laughs) much deeper than that. Right. No, absolutely. Like that's something like we talk about here. Like I always say the difference between self-love versus Mm self-care. And I agree with you, like self-love, like the basis of it is making your own well-being your first and best priority. And the way you do that is by cultivating a compassionate relationship to yourself. Mm -hmm. So self-love is how do you exactly that, the loving of yourself, the forgiving of yourself, the acceptance of yourself, the validation of yourself, the respecting of yourself, like all of that. And then self-care is just the practices and tools that we use to cultivate that loving relationship to self. So I love that. Like you're speaking my language. Yeah. Like (laughs) even like self-care would be like buying your book and taking, Mm -hmm. carving out the time and like reading it and then taking action on it. So that's even a form of self-care. Yeah. Just doing that for yourself. And so speaking of that, because I also believe exactly what you're saying. Sometimes like the media makes it very buzzy or Instagram or whatever. um, And it almost gets that toxic positivity to it. So are there other things that sabotage how we approach self-love? 100%. Great question. Another big one that is more female specific, and this might surprise your audience to know, is that we let guilt drive our behavior. Now, this is a woman specific issue. So research shows that men uh, experience guilt in a very different way than women do. Men will feel guilty if they drink too much (laughs) (laughs) or eat too much. Yeah. A woman will feel guilty because she worries about hurting someone's feelings mm-hmm. or, and what we'll do is we'll turn that guilt into shame and anger at ourselves. So it's very yeah. self-sabotaging when it comes to our self-love game. And I'll give you an example. Uh, well, first off, before I even move on to the example, I would also yeah. like to note something that I found so enlightening when I found when I uncovered this through researching for the book, that guilt isn't an indication that you've done something wrong, as most of us think. Right. So, for example, let's say somebody um, asks you to do a favor for them, and you really, really, really want to say no. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you're like, Ooh, but I feel guilty. Like they're going to not like me. They're going to think I'm not, I don't care about them, whatever. And so you put your own needs aside and you say, yes, you, you give into that guilt. What that guilt actually is, is an indication that you're thinking of breaking a pattern. Ooh. So it's not necessarily an indication that you're doing something wrong as most of us, yeah. 99.9% of us believe. And so we think, oh, I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling uncomfortable. So I'm going to get back into my programmed condition lane of self-sacrificing and people pleasing. Yeah. So that is a major self-love saboteur guilt. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And what came up for me when you talked about the difference between guilt in men versus the guilt in women is the guilt in men was something that they felt they did wrong to themselves, mm-hmm. making how they feel their priority. But with women, it was they felt guilty about what they did to other people. Yes. And Good I think point. that that was like a very big distinction when you said that. So the men are thinking, well, you know, how I feel is my priority. And, you know, I drink too much and now I feel bad. So right. now I feel guilty about that. But with women, it's like, well, you know, my friend asked me to do something and I told her no. So now I feel guilty. It's the person who is outside of you that you feel guilty about. Yeah. About and we might even beat ourselves up for days about it, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, is, have I hurt her feelings? Is she mad at me? And they're not. They probably dropped it, but you're beating yourself up and causing yourself stress over this due to guilt that it starts with guilt and then it turns into more than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are some other ways that we kind of uh, sabotage our own self-love? You know, one that I don't, I don't get asked enough about that I want to bring up on your show, since you're so well-versed in self-love, I'd be curious <laughs> to get your take on this. Yeah. Um, I talk about this in the book too. We give into this false hope thing. Mm-hmm. Like I had these epiphanies, especially going through a, a, a difficult breakup and I was like, why do I feel this pull pull to get back in this relationship that wasn't serving me? Mm-hmm. What is this pull? It's like, and I realized I was like, oh my God, it's false hope. I want this potential that I saw in the very beginning that he showed me during courtship. I was like, I know this is possible. I know he can be this. I know this. And then I think that I have hope that that will come back around. Maybe he'll see the light of day. Maybe he'll realize what he missed and all of that. And so you cling to this hope. And I had this, I had the theory of false hope, but then I was like, let me put this out there um, and test it and see, does this resonate with anyone? I asked my hairstylist and she's like, oh my God, that totally kept me sucked into my last relationship. That was really bad for me. And then I asked another friend and she's like, oh my God, that is exactly what happened. And I married this man. (laughs) How did that work out? (laughs) Now they've been, now at that point they were going through so much counseling and she had lost hope. She's like, I can't even... I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think there's any hope for us. But the problem is that she never really looked at him for what he was. Mm -hmm. She held on to this false hope based on what he had showed her in the very beginning. And she let that hope drive her behavior instead of really seeing him for who he really was. Right. Well, I think like um, when it comes to like self-love and the work of that would this reminds me of it to me it's more of the false hope that you can change the outcome this time like mm-hmm. this time things will be different and exactly I th- and i think sometimes it's actually usually rooted in a self-limiting belief or a past childhood trauma either big t or little t where somewhere along the line when you were forming who you were you felt that you were not chosen you felt that you were abandoned. Yeah. You felt that you weren't good enough. You felt that you were invisible. And so you felt that. And so now you're recreating in your relationships that dynamic yeah. where you're what the false hope is not actually about the, the guy. The false hope is within us that this time this person will choose me. Mm-hmm. This time I will be good enough to be chosen. Yeah. I need him to choose me. And how he and what he and his choice then validates my worthiness. His choice then validates my value because without him choosing me, 
I feel less than. Yeah. I feel unworthy. But yeah. the truth is it's it's about the internal switch you have to do. You mm-hmm. have to know what your intrinsic value is, what your intrinsic worth is. Choose yourself first. Love yourself first. Validate yourself first. And when you come from that level of energy, you have to attract a higher version of him because you are now radiating at a higher version of you. So until you do the internal work where you love yourself enough and his love is just icing on the cake, you're going to have that dynamic. You're going to have the back and forth. You're going to have the hot and cold. You're going to have the uncertainty because you're trying to get from him what only you can get from yourself. Yes. Preach it. (laughs) So good. That's what it is. That's why sometimes like, trust me, I'm speaking from personal experience. I have I had a an ex where he would come back and leave, come back and leave, hot and cold, up and down. And then I realized the problem was my level of self-love, I would work on it and I'd be up here. But then the moment he came back, I got back in that self-moving belief of I need him to choose me, I need him to stay. And I would put out this more like a needy, needy, more desperate energy. I'm not saying it, but I'm feeling it. And people feel your energy. They know your energy. So I'm actually repelling him out. So it's really never about the other person. I don't know if you're into law of assumption, but there's um, Neville Goddard and he's like, everyone is you pushed out. Mm. So it's really not about him. It's the fact that in me, I needed him to choose me so I could feel good about myself. But the moment I felt good about myself without him, it's like they always say, oh, they always come back. The moment you're happy, the moment you're doing you. And the trick is staying at that vibe. Saving, yeah. staying at the high vibe. So even when he does come back, I don't need him to choose me. If he does, that's great. But I'm still feeling good. Yeah. I'm still having my boundaries. I'm still having my standards. I'm still doing me. I'm still yeah. focused on how I feel about me. And I use this analogy a lot when I talk about this. It, I call it the diamond analogy. So like, say I am a diamond seller. I have this great jewelry place, right? And this hot guy comes in, super preppy, looking good, you know, like just, you know, hot. Like, I kind of, like, for me, I, I like preppy guys. So he comes in, he's super preppy, and I have two diamonds. I have one diamond in my right hand that's worth a million dollars. And I have another diamond in my other hand that's also worth a million dollars. These are some shiny, beautiful, like all of the seeds, cut carrot, all of that, right? And he walks in and he looks at the diamonds and he goes, hmm. I think I'm going to pick the diamond in your left hand. He gives me a million dollars and he takes the diamond. Now, does the fact that he picked the diamond in my left hand mean that the diamond in my right hand is any less valuable? Right. No. Yeah. That diamond is still popping it glowing cup carrot million dollars it is still worthy it is still valuable it is still a diamond and that's how we have to look at ourselves whether or not a cute puppy guy who walks in the store chooses us does not take away from our value a diamond is intrinsically valuable Mm. and just because someone chooses not to have that diamond does not take away that diamond's worth so good just someone's choice yeah the only way that diamond loses value the only way is if i decide it does Mm, and that's what's called giving away your power thank you yes (laughs) yes (laughs) yes you You are the diamond you are the diamond you are intrinsically worthy and valuable and at our core we all just want to know that we are deserving of love 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Including our own and love. We are. Our own love is the most important. Yeah. That is what we so freely give to everybody else. Uh, That that is what we need to give to ourselves. I cannot wait for you to read my book. I'm excited. I I can't wait. I think you're going to be like, oh my God. (laughs) Power and love. So my saying is your love is your power. Mm -hmm. It is. You can give your love freely away without value as we've been conditioned and raised to do. Um, yes, I'll do that. Yes, yes, yes to everyone. And you don't, you don't give it back to yourself. If you're not giving your love back to yourself, you're just draining yourself of your power. Okay. It's, it, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people, when they hear the word power, they think of this thing like, oh, it's this made up word. <laughs> That it doesn't mean anything other than like some odd concept. No, it's literally your energy. Yeah. You can feel it in your body. And how do you feel it? So I have this concept I call the power container. And basically when you're full, when your power container is filled, imagine it it goes from the bottom of, let's say your lower abdomen up to the top of your chest. When it's all the way full of your energy or your love or your power, it's all the same thing. You feel full of power. You feel radiant. You're magnetic, right? You're attracting people to you. You can, you want to play your favorite music. You're dancing in the car. You know what it feels like when you're in full of your energy. And we also know what the opposite feels like when we're drained of our energy. Yeah. When we're letting people cross our boundaries, like, oh, that didn't feel good. And you get all these little small moments throughout the day where you're getting drained, drained. And your boss asks you to do this and you really want to say no, but you're like, oh, but you know what? If I don't, I'll feel guilty or whatever. So you give into that. And then you do this, you do that, get home. And at the end of the day, you haven't practiced any self-care. Mm-hmm. And you're just spent. You're like, I just got to plop on the couch and like, I have nothing left for me. And you do that day in, day out. And now the weekend comes and you've got this party to go to and your kids things to get to and all of that. And you're just drained and you just like, I can't, I want to write that book, but I just can't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have it in me. And I'm just like, and then you get mad at your partner or you're like resentful because, Hey, I'm giving you so much of my time and attention, yeah. but you're not giving me enough back. And so I'm going to get mad at you now. And I'm just going to be snapped, like really easily agitated now. And like, I'm just not my best. That's us drained. And and we have to tune into the things that drain us mm-hmm. and start to protect our energy and, and also give ourselves our own love back. Realize that it's really important to fill up with our own love so that we vibrate at this higher level and exactly. that we have so much more to give to everyone else. We're attracting all the things that we want to us. Self-love really is the opposite of what we've been taught to believe, which is that it's selfish or narcissistic. Mm-hmm. It's actually the key to everything, including our own living to our own potential and helping everyone else in our, our lives. Right? No, absolutely. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Like I definitely think we need to, continue to redefine what self-love is like to me I think self-love is like the greatest expression of gratitude to the life that God has given us and we have our this is our one unique life this particular way and I I don't mean like religion or anything like that I just mean like the spirit of God like the spirit like the, the essence of of all universal love and I think the best way to show appreciation to this beautiful life that God has given us to love myself yeah 
because yeah. he gave me this life to live. Not right. my friends, not my partner, not my mom, not blah, blah, blah. God gave me this unique life to live. And I want to honor that gift by choosing to love myself. And that's one thing I did whenever I get like a self-limiting belief or anything like that. I just say like this prayer, like, God, let me see you. Let me see myself the way you see me. Oh, I love that. Because yes. if you, because God sees you as just love and he wants to support you. He wants to take care of you, like all of that stuff. And I say he, but I don't mean like an actual like yes. gender or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but God does. And so like to me, that is, is self-love is that highest expression of this beautiful life that, that we have. And that's sort of how I choose to like look at self-love and define it. And then as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, love is power, but love is also healing. Like the way you heal resentment, (laughs) the way you heal anger, the way you heal codependency, the way you heal people pleasing, the way you heal heartache and all of that stuff is through love. Yeah, It's loving yourself, slowing down and taking care of yourself. You know? I also had another, that's so good, Candy. I love it mm-hmm. so, so much. I mean, we're like soul sisters for sure. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but I also had this other epiphany, which is at, to, to, to piggyback on what you just said. Yeah. So if we all know, if you were raised in any kind of religious background of any kind, really, they teach you God is love, mm-hmm. right? But oftentimes we're not, it depends on what religion you practice or were raised under, but like oftentimes it went against, for example, how I was raised to believe that God was to be feared, that God was this punishing God who mm-hmm. is going to, it's this person, this judgmental being who judges you at the end of your life and says, I'm going to torment you, this person that I created in my image, which mm-hmm. made no sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. I created you in my image, but you did wrong, even though I created you to have that ability. And now I'm going to torture you for the rest of your life. <laughs> it sounds really sadistic, right? Yeah. Like, I had this epiphany that God is love. And that's really taught throughout all religions. Well, that means that love is God. Exactly. Right. That love yeah. is God. So when you are in a state of love, you are in a state of God. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And also to that, if God lives in us, right? If we are all God's children, like regardless of whatever, like religion Mm -hmm. and God is love, that means God's in me. Yeah. I mean, I must be loved too. Well, your part that I believe that we are all, we are all reflections of God. Exactly. We're we're not, it's not separate from us. Love is flowing through us. That is God. That means God is flowing through us. We are part of God. We are all part of God. You know, if you really think about 100%. the music and all this stuff that, you know, we're told throughout time, we're all one. What does that really mean? What does that really mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's like the God that you're describing, which a lot of religions do, sounds like Santa Claus, like right. this man in the sky, mm-hmm. keeping a naughty and nice list. And if you're not nice, then you don't get anything. And if you're, if you are nice and you get this little pat on your back, like, no, like God is this all loving energy source greater than us, but in us. And God Mm -hmm. wants to support us. Like I love Mm -hmm. the passage that God gave us life and he gave it so we shall have life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. And I choose to, I choose to believe that. I truly believe God wants us to be happy and he Mm -hmm. wants us to be joyful. And abundance isn't just money. 
he wants abundance of peace, abundance of joy, abundance Mm -hmm. of love, abundance of connection and community and all of those things. And I truly believe that God gave us life and he wants to have life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. And that, and to me, that is the truth of God. Yeah. God doesn't want to punish us. God isn't keeping score. And anytime that we have that guilt or that shame, it's not God judging us. It's us judging ourselves. Yeah. Because God, we're already forgiven. Yeah. We we have to forgive ourselves. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I learned about uh, through studying Course of Miracles, which I'm still Mm. doing. Uh, Love it so much. Are you too? Yeah. Oh, I so love good. Marian Williamson. She's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Uh, learning about sin, you know, that, you know, a lot of religious teaches a lot of religions teach us, well, we we're born a, a sinner. You're just born a sinner and now you've <laughs> got to repent, repent, repent. Yeah. But actually what Jesus meant when he said, um, when he talked about sin and all of that, it's sinning against yourself. It's not, and sin in a different way is like you're going against yourself. When you go against yourself, that's what he calls sin. So it means not honoring yourself, not loving yourself, not trusting yourself. All of mm-hmm. that is sin. Not what religion has bastardized this into as in, because ultimately I was a kid thinking, you know, being raised in the system thinking, Mm -hmm. why are, why are we giving our power to this third party? Somebody's benefiting from this. Yep. And that, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. No, no. What you're saying is, is exactly right. It's like, we have the direct connection to God because it also goes into what we're saying before, like to sin against God doesn't mean we're sinning against God. It's exactly what you said. It's the sin against ourselves. So, because remember, God is in us. That's right. So when you say you're sinning against God, you're saying you're sinning against yourself because yeah. God lives within us. Mm. Because we are not separate from God. That's so right. if we are not separate from God, if we sin against God and we're not separate from Him, that means we're sinning against ourselves. That's right. Because God lives within us. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole like, that's why I love like namaste, like the divinity in me recognizes the divinity in you because all of us, I believe, are divine beings having a human experience. Yeah. So that means divinity, God, godness, God consciousness lives within me. That's mm-hmm. why we have intuition. That's why we have the capacity to love because right. God lives within us. That's and that right. sin isn't against God in the sky. It's against God within us. That's it. That's a hundred percent it. That's why it's really important yeah. to trust your intuition, 100%. put yourself in your needs and your happiness on your highest priorities. Because when you mm-hmm. love yourself, you radiate, you fill up with your power, your love, and you can give so much more. It's really just the opposite of how religion teaches us to, to relate to our bodies, you know, and relate to yeah. our own power. They teach us to give it away. And yet we're in the society that's just so disconnected from everyone and them and themselves. It, this is not how God intended it. It's not the no, way it's supposed to be. No. It's not. Cause you have to think about that stuff. Like, and not to knock any religion, but I think anytime someone says that they are the way or you have yeah. to go through them to me, it's a lot of propaganda. It's a yeah. lot of way to control and to manipulate because I think the truth is it's just about what is your relationship to God? That's it. Do you know that you have access to divine support, mm-hmm. divine love, divine grace, divine compassion, divine forgiveness? It's just remembering all of that isn't outside. All of that is right here. 
Yeah, we've got to be cautious about giving our power away to any third party, any human intervened anything. It's, it's, uh, that's our love, our power. We are, yeah, we have that direct connection. We don't need some, anything to be taking our money, our attention, our energy, our power away from us. And the more that we can tune into that, I mean, I can't even imagine what this life would be like if everyone loved themselves more. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a lot better. It would be a lot better. That is for sure. Way better way better. So much more. Yay. I'm loving this conversation with you so, so much, Candy. I feel like (laughs) we could do our own whole podcast together. (laughs) We're really good. Really good. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any other um, insights or tidbits from the book that you want to share with us? Well, you know, what I do in the book, which I I don't think I mentioned yet is, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't come to this place that I am now easily. It was a really hard journey, lots of battles through personal stories and work stories and being a single mom and all of those things. You know, Mm -hmm. I, um, I, uh, you know, I had a traumatic family background. Uh, like I mentioned, I was raised in this very strict religious home and, uh, I left home at the age of 14. It was abusive, oppressive. I couldn't be, I didn't, I had so much in me, but I couldn't express myself. And so I left that home to go to another very toxic, mentally abusive home. Um, and, uh, that did a lot of damage to me. I had been just severely mentally abused and um, to the point where I shut down emotionally. I couldn't feel any feelings. I was so numb that I became suicidal. So mm-hmm. um, I was suicidal for a year, a couple, at least two, three years. Um, and my I had multiple suicide attempts. And the last one was when I was 17 and I landed in the hospital in a coma. I was there mm-hmm. for days in a coma and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it if someone hadn't found me and convulsing and got my stomach pumped and all of that. But, you know, I, I came through all that and, and ended up getting pregnant at 19, married at 19, divorced at 22. I had to work through these feelings of unworthiness and no self-value, no self-respect. My body, you know, I let be used by older boys. I didn't feel loved by anyone. Mm-hmm. And it really was this constant seeking outward. I had to learn to tune into my intuition that was leading yes. me away from these things that weren't serving me and that were bringing me down and start to trust myself on my own. And that was a journey. I didn't have anyone showing me the way. I didn't have a safe, secure place to be, to learn these things. I had to learn it the hard way, Yeah, uh, the hard fought battles, but you know, <laughs> slowly, but surely choosing myself, stepping up my self-worth, stepping up my self-respect, all of that led me to you know, work up the corporate ladder with just my GED because I had to drop out of high school, um, you know, got to, you know, earning six figures plus at a, a pretty young age and then started different businesses throughout my career. And the last one I I started in my home with like 400 bucks and my laptop and I ended up selling it in 2019 for half a million dollars. Wow. You know, that was also a lesson in self-love and self-worth because they valued, the uh, broker valued my business at 320, but it was worth way more to me. And I was like, you know what? I know what I'm worth and I know the value that I bring and the value that this company will bring to the right buyer. I'm going to set a price of half a million dollars and I'm going to be non-negotiable. And yes. You know <laughs> and I had a buyer in 30 days, my broker did, and he tried to negotiate me and I said, nope, I am very strict on this price. I know what it's worth. And if 
you know, I know you'll see the worth as well. And he did. And he paid my half a million dollar price tag. Now, mind you, I could have settled for that 320, mm -hmm. but I didn't. And, you know, it's, it's been a lesson. My whole life has been a lesson of, you know, know your value, know your worth. When you know it, the external world will reflect that back to you. And in telling my stories, you know, to friends and it led me to realize, wow, you know, where, how I got to where I am, like not most people aren't there, like choosing to break up and break my own heart. If a situation mm -hmm. isn't serving me, didn't, I had friends who didn't understand that, who didn't understand what it means to love me more. I love me more. I love me more than exactly. this person. And so I realized, gosh, I need to, I need to start writing this down. And then I, it made me realize that there, there was a book in me and um, that if I could help some friends in my circle, you know, I could probably help a lot more women if I yes. put my, put it down and made a book out of it. Now I'm doing workshops and speaking <laughs> on it and all of that. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, kind of give you a little background on how I got to, to write the book and, and get to where I am. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy and it's a, uh, it's, you know, for many of your listeners, I'm sure they might be in a, in a situation where they maybe just have started down their self-love journey. And I'm going to tell you from experience, it won't be a one and done. It's not like, oh, I learned this and now I've got self-love. It is a lot of work and it takes a conscious <laughs> effort. But once you get yep. to the other side, it won't be as much work anymore, but you've got to make the effort to choose yourself and be willing to go through the heartache of making better choices for yourself and saying goodbye to the things that aren't serving you going through that heartbreak. Cause I had to go through it and I'm sure you have too, Candy. Yeah. but on the other side of getting through the pain and the discomfort of heartbreak, heartache, and also the discomfort of guilt and some of the other things that I talk about in the book on the other side, you get you, you get your power and everyone in your world benefits when you are in your power. A hundred percent. And I love that you said it was non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. I think that's how we, I think that's the mentality we have to have about our self-worth. Yeah. Like my worth is non-negotiable. Yeah. Like if you're going to come to me and you're not going to have the standard of what I know I deserve, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. You go figure your stuff out and then come back when you're ready. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Know, that's how we have to feel, you know, taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves has to be what our non-negotiable is. I absolutely love that. If you let somebody else set your worth, mm -hmm. where does it stop? Now you're on shaky, insecure ground. No wonder why so many of us are so insecure is we're looking to everybody else. Like, are you, am I worth it? Do you value me? Do you value me? That's yeah. how we've been conditioned. And it's so insecure. Yeah. It's, oh. it's insecure and it's crazy making yeah. because there's no, there's no, exactly. There's, it's insecure. And it's like, cause there's no stability. There's no stability and there's no peace. It's also chaotic Yeah. because when you're non-negotiable, you know what your worth is. It's definitive. Yeah. That's when you get that inner peace. That's when yeah. you get that knowingness. That's when you get that, that joy that surpasses all understanding because you already know what your bottom line is. Yeah. But when you're looking to your friends or to the guy or to the money or to whatever to determine how you feel about you, that's inner chaos. Yeah. That's yeah. inner chaos. And that leads to depression. It leads to anxiety. It leads to mm -hmm. disorders. It leads to all of that because you're internally, spiritually, it's chaos. Yeah. Deepak Chopra talks about this in one of my favorite books of his. It's a very small book, and I recommend anyone read this. It's such an easy read, but it's called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Ooh. Seven simple laws that that really determine, you know, your state of abundance and what you attract. And 
um, one of the things he talks about is self-referral versus object referral. In object referral, we're always influenced by things outside of ourselves. And that could be people, that could be our job, that could be our title, our, what we drive, whatever, determining how we feel about ourselves through these outside objects. We need to be in a state of self-referral, only referring to ourselves for our validation, our worth, what we think of ourselves, doing things to please ourselves, making ourselves mm -hmm. happy. When we're in that state of self-referral, you are in the highest state of power there is because there, you know, the masculine energy wants things, power over things, power over others. And as women, we don't really relate to that truly because it's yeah. not, it doesn't resonate with our souls. We are more, I think, divinely connected than men tend to be. And there's a lot out there on this as well. Um, but, um, and that's why it doesn't feel right. If we can get to a state of just getting over this idea that <laughs> self-love is selfish or narcissistic and conceited, it's not. It yeah. is that we need to be in the state of self-referral so that we have peace and that we have the highest form of power there is, this personal power, this God power. Absolutely. And I used to like, before I used to really struggle with codependency. And one of the worst things you could have said to me was, oh, Candy, you're being selfish. You're so mm -hmm. selfish. That would have been such a trigger. I'd be like, what do you mean? I'm not selfish, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm like, if you call me selfish, I'm like, thank you. You're exactly right. I am full of self-respect. Self, self-esteem, self-love, self-care, self-value, self-priority. Like you're exactly like, who else am I supposed to be full of? Thank if, you. If not myself. I love that. Reframing selfish. That's awesome. I don't yeah. think I've heard that yet. Yeah. It's like, it's like you want to call me. I believe in, I believe in healthy selfishness. Mm. There is a healthy selfishness. Who else am I supposed to be full of if not myself? Yeah. Because if my cup isn't full, then I don't have anything to give you. I believe that I fill my cup up and what's inside of my cup is for me. If mm -hmm. I happen to have overflow, then you can have some of that. Oh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can have some of that if yeah. I choose If I choose to share my overflow with you. Mm -hmm. But what is in my cup is for me. Oh, that's so good. You need and to I, tagline that. <laughs> yeah, and I protect my cup through boundaries, standards, healthy yeah. communication, self-care practices, loving myself. That's how I protect my cup. So good. You know you what? You don't get what's in my cup. You get what's outside of my cup. I think selfishness needs to be reframed as well then because mm -hmm. what we think of as selfish is actually what we're, we don't like, which is the ego, the ego mm -hmm. form, right? So it's the... Um, I'm serving my ego, which we know is phony anyway. Something deep inside of us knows that this whole ego thing is false. Yeah. And so when someone wants to just project like, oh, you know, like, and then it feeds their, something feeds their ego, like, oh yeah, I'm going to, what's a good example? What's well, a good example, Candy, of like mm. true selfishness based on ego? True. Um, True selfishness is when you do something for yourself that's at the detriment of somebody else. Mm, that actually, I think, is the definition. I think that's yeah, the dictionary that's, definition. That's what being selfish is. It's yeah. when you do something that's to the detriment of somebody else. That's but it. having having standards and taking care of yourself and having boundaries and saying no is not to the detriment of somebody else. That's somebody it. may not like it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They may not prefer it, but that's on them. How yeah. they respond to you creating boundaries is on them. Yeah. That's not being selfish. That's like to the detriment of somebody else. That's like, that's, for example, say we were like all in a cave 
And somehow we got trapped and mm. we only had five bars of candy to eat for the rest of the I love of how food. we're eating candy for food. Right? Okay. <laughs> yes. I, or protein bars, whatever. I'm, I mean, well, I'm eating the, candy's great. I'll I'm take eating the candy. The candy. I'm eating the candy. And say it's supposed to be divvied up for all of us. Mm -hmm. But I decide, nope, I'm taking all of these candies. I'm going to hide them for myself. You can starve. You can starve. You can starve. That's you selfish. Can starve. That's selfish mm -hmm. because you're taking what is meant to be for, for the community, for all, for yourself to the actual detriment of somebody else. That's a good point. Also being selfish is, I mean, I don't want to go too far, but since we were talking about relationships, also being selfish, say you are a guy and you're dating this girl and you know she wants a relationship, you yeah. know she wants the commitment, yeah. but I want to preface it with that she has communicated it to you. Yeah. It's been very clear. Right. And you still choose to breadcrumb her, mm -hmm. you know, call her, you know, hit her up on the DM or text her at night or, you know, see her be like, oh, I can see you on Monday or something, but you spent the whole weekend doing something with somebody else and you still sleep with her. Lead her on. You still yeah. lead her on. You still give her false hope. Mm -hmm. That is being selfish because you are using that person for what you want. You're yeah. using them for the sex. You're using mm -hmm. them for the attention. You're using them to fill a void that you have, but you're not actually pouring back into them. Yeah. And that's to the detriment of somebody else. That's right. So that is being selfish. Yeah. Self-love would be, you know what, right now, like for the guy, like for the guy, he's like, you know what, I really want to have sex or I really am lonely or I really want blah, 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 blah. Self-love would be, all right, well, maybe I'm going to journal about this and figure out where my loneliness is coming from. Maybe mm. I'm going to reach out to a friend and be like, hey, I'm feeling low right now. Let's talk about it. Maybe it's even because I believe in just like we're, we're meant to have what we want. Maybe it's finding someone who is okay with casual sex. Mm. Like that's okay too. Like it, if two people are fine with casual sex, that's fine. Totally. Where the problem comes in is when you know that the other person wants something differently, but you choose to use them for your own means and ends. That's selfish. That is selfishness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? But yeah. the girl saying, you know what? You can't come over tonight. That's not being selfish. That's no. having boundaries and self-love. Yeah. You know? No, I'm, I can't. I can't be that woman for you unless we're in a serious relationship. That's not being selfish. Oh well, you only you only want to be with me if it's on your terms. You're damn right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're that's damn, not selfish. That's yeah. not selfish. Yeah. You're damn right. So, and also saying yeah. no to someone when they want something, and you're like, no. Mm -hmm. I can't right now or whatever. You don't even have – no is a complete sentence. You don't even have to say anything but no. Exactly. True. And it no, doesn't matter who no, it is. Period. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could be your sister asking you for help with something, your friend asking you to take them to the airport. If mm -hmm. you don't want to do it, say no. It's okay. It's not exactly. selfish. It's not. It's funny you said sister because I'm the youngest of five girls. So I have a very skittish relationship with one of my sisters okay. and – one thing, because I think that a lot of times people use the word selfish to manipulate and control. Yes, yes, 100%. Yeah. Because she, anytime I would say no to her, she'd be like, oh, you're being so selfish, Candy. Mm -hmm. You're so selfish. And I realized, I was like, actually, you're the person being selfish. Yeah. So because I'm not doing what you want me to do, you have a problem. 
Mm -hmm. So you're actually the selfish person here. That's right. Because you're saying, unless you do what I want you to do, there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That is being selfish. She is the selfish one in that situation. In that situation, you're actually, when someone gives you a boundary and you want to dismiss and villainize them, Mm. that's then that you're actually the person who's being selfish because you're saying, unless I get what I want in this particular situation, then I'm going to villainize you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're actually, because people will weaponize yeah. the word selfish in order to, exactly what we talked about before, to guilt you into doing what they want you to do. Yeah, it's manipulation. And us women, manipulation. we also are way more emotional and we're, we are way more susceptible to manipulation. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this interesting conversation the other day uh, with a friend of a friend, a guy, a guy and his friend. And he says quite openly, which I found quite interesting. He's like, well, you know, all guys are quite manipulative. And I was like, well, most, most guys are manipulative because he has two daughters. And, um, that was the framework for that is that he was like, you know, my daughters need to understand that most guys are manipulative. And I was like, that is so interesting because I've, I've, I've constantly, I really feel that I feel like boys from the day that they're born learn to manipulate their mothers (laughs) and they do because moms are emotional. Right. And Mm -hmm. you guys are like, okay, I know how to work this magic. And then they just learn it from childhood and then they take it into adulthood because, you know, women are more in touch with their emotions than men. That's just the way it is for the most part. And so um, there are some men who are in touch with their emotions, but more often yeah. than not, it's the females that are more emotional. So um, so they learn to manipulate from a very early age. I have a son. I mm-hmm. would say that he did the exact same thing. I watched it for myself. <laughs> I watched it for myself. Yeah. And so you watch and they grow up into adult men and they just get used to manipulating the women in their lives as well. And they'll do it subconsciously. Right. Unconsciously. But- Right. But with the subconscious mind, I also think we can ourselves at women, we can we can also switch our own subconscious thought or self-limiting yeah. beliefs. Because if we have the thought or we have the belief that most men are manipulative, mm. you better believe the universe, God, your life will give you experiences to make you right. Right. It's it true. Will, it yeah. will conf- it will confirm what you believe because your mind, your brain always wants its ego, always wants to be right, right. proven right. So That's what true. you believe will show up. So mm. you can say, you know what? I actually think the majority of men are really kind and loving and they have <laughs> so great, yeah. healthy communication skills, but I have the wisdom to discern when they don't. Mm, that's good. And I think that will, A, energetically put you in the place to start attracting men and experiences and relationships that reflect what you actually want. Mm. You don't want a manipulative guy. You want right. the guy who is in touch with his emotions, who is emotionally available, mm. who does have healthy communication skills, who is open and ready for commitment, right? That's what we really want. We want that. Yeah. So it's almost like the law of attraction where yeah. you focus on what it is you actually want to experience rather than the lack of what you want to experience. And trust me, this is so natural and normal. I always thought, oh, all men cheat, all men cheat, or all guys only want one thing, blah, 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 blah. I had to work on this myself being like, no, 
you know, let's flip it. What do I actually want to experience when it comes to men? What I actually want to experience is men who are commitment ready, who have a spiritual relationship with God. Like I just made it all that. And I was to say, you know, I only attract high quality men. I only attract men who want to commit to me. Like I, I took all the self-limiting beliefs that I had around relationships in men. And I rewrote them as what I actually want to experience. But since there are men out there who are manipulative, who only mm-hmm. want anything. I always say, I I have the wisdom to discern the difference. Because a lot of times I'll get in a relationship and I think it's Prince Charming and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's the wolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know oh, what I true. mean? Yeah. I, so I want to, I don't want to live in, I always think like self-care and law of attraction and spirituality. I always believe it also in a very practical way. So I don't want to be in la-la land telling myself, oh, men are magical and amazing. Sure, that's great. But I also want to know that I have the wisdom to discern the difference. And I will listen to my intuition when it comes up. Because a lot of times my intuition always told me exactly who he was. But I chose to ignore it. Yeah, ignored the red flags. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful that you're bringing this up. So your audience is very blessed and lucky that you (laughs) have this wisdom and knowledge. No, truly, because you, it's good that you're like, wait, this is, this is how things are. And that's a limiting belief. And you could choose Mm -hmm. your experience based on how you choose to believe. That's very, very powerful stuff right there because I didn't even know about the term limiting beliefs until a couple of years ago. And I don't, you know, it's once you understand what that is, it's really a game changer. Um, I will say, if you don't mind, I'll also add yeah. on to that my own experience. So I experienced well, through dating, which by the way, I'm dating a beautiful man. I attracted somebody Yay. totally different this time because I chose to shut the door on um, the things that I was attracting that were more of the same. So mm-hmm. here's my experience. I um, I was doing some online dating. And, uh, I went out with one, this one guy who, you know, kind of was that same type of narcissist that I was used to attracting. And, um, and he, (laughs) yeah, it sounds like we have similar, similar experiences there. So he was, uh, you know, did the right things first day, second day. And then third day, you know, we got a little bit more intimate and then I was like, um, and then he left and I felt not good. I, I, I didn't energetically, I just didn't feel good. And, you know, we talked, I think a little bit about the nice girl thing, you know, the nice girl in me, when he started texting me would have been like, you know, um, oh yeah, just playing into it. Cause he didn't do anything wrong per se, but energetically, I didn't feel good. I felt actually really icky. And there were just some things that I let him do. Um, I would say about, no, it was like, I didn't know if it was a boundary, but it didn't feel right. But I kept on going with it and he left and I just didn't feel good. I'm like, this is not what I want universe. This is not what I want. And you know what I did? I blocked him. I blocked him on everything. I was like, done. I, you don't exist in my world next. Mm -hmm. And so next time, same thing. This guy looked great on paper, gorgeous, preppy, you know, tall, great job, you know, all that stuff saying all the right things to me really wooed me the first day, second date thing, same thing, third date, kind of similar situation. And I didn't like how he was, you know, suddenly not val, you know, showing me the same attention and the same value. And he, when people shift how they start treating you, that's, that's a big red flag for me. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. And you're not, you're not acting the same way. And, Mm -hmm. but yet you want to engage me and get my valuable time and attention and energy, no explanation needed block. And you know what? The way I knew I was doing the right thing was that felt fucking great. I hope I can exactly. say that. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. felt 
phenomenal. And that's how, you know, you're doing the right thing for you and you're, you're giving your love to yourself. I was being good to me. I was being kind to me. I was being compassionate with myself and going, girl, that's your power. Stop. Like you, he doesn't deserve your time and attention. You don't feel good. Get the fuck away from that. And the moment you do that and you just push that away, guess what happens? I was like, you know what? Universe, no, this is not what I'm going to accept for my life anymore. And then I got the most amazing human being that entered my life that I could have never thought I would have attracted ever. So, I mean, and it's, it just gets better and better and better and better. I'm like, yes, this is my yes. I love that. Yeah. And you can totally swear. Like to me, what you came up, like you made yourself unavailable for the fuckery. That's right. Yeah. You made yourself yeah. unavailable for it. And when you make yourself unavailable for relationships, energies, or people, whoever, that do not serve the highest version of the person that you are yeah. becoming, like the Course in Miracles, that creates a space for miracles. You switch from that fear to love. When you switch from the fear of hurting other people's feelings, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of not being liked, the fear of not being nice, to, the, to I love myself, yeah. that's when you get the miracles. That's when the the person shows up for you. That's when everything else, you know, comes to fruition. And it's, it's, yeah. it, it's so true. And I love that you just were like, you know what block. Mm-hmm. And it also goes back to what we talked about earlier, how you feel, which is essentially your well being. You made that your first and best priority. Yes. So how you felt when he left mattered to you more than how you thought he may have felt. Right. It's not, his feelings were not my priority at all. No, no. And that's how we should be. It should be, Mm -hmm. how do I feel? How does this make me feel? What does this mean for me? Yeah. And that your well-being, how you feel about you, how you feel inside of you is your barometer for how you move within your life. 100%. 100%. I like to say that, you know, we are all suffering from this nice girl syndrome that we've been programmed with. But this nice girl syndrome teaches us to abandon ourselves and make others the highest priority. We have to switch this thinking. I like the reframe of I'm not being mean. I'm being nice to me. Exactly. Exactly. It's like when someone, I forgot who said this. This wasn't me. I heard this, but I was like, oh, now I understand. They're like a boundary is the space where I can love myself and love you simultaneously. That's it. Yep. Where I don't have to abandon myself in order. It's like, I don't have to set myself on fire, abandon myself, whatever the term is to keep you warm. Yeah. We have this boundary where I can love myself and I can love you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that looks like a no. That's right. Sometimes that looks like a no. I still love you, but I love me too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to love you from a distance or exactly. Yeah, yeah. just because I block those guys doesn't mean they're less of human beings. It's this is not uh, vibrating at my level. This Mm -hmm. is not honoring me and serving me the way I want to. And I don't owe you anything. Exactly. I I owe you nothing. You did whatever you did to make me, you know, to that made me feel this way. I'm not blaming you, but it's just not energetically a good match. So I'm going to say goodbye. No. And you, and what you did was what a healthy evolved human being does. Mm -hmm. You took responsibility. You said, okay, I had this experience. It doesn't feel good to me. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a standard or a boundary in order to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you should have done. Mm -hmm. 
a hundred percent. Yeah, of course. But I'll tell you what, 99.9% of women would never have behaved that way. Mm-mm. They would have been worried about being nice. Oh, let me consider his feelings. He probably wasn't trying to make me feel this way. And you make all these excuses in your head for, for, to deny yourself, That's to deny right. how you feel, to mm-hmm. abandon yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the opposite of self-love is self-abandonment. Yeah. When you abandon how you feel, when you abandon what your gut is saying to you, when you are when you abandon your well-being mm-hmm. for somebody else, that is self-abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. And that 100%. is violence and trauma to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> You're is. right. You're violating yourself. You're causing You're trauma yourself. to yourself. The way we treat ourselves is horrible. Horrible, mm-hmm. horrible, horrible. If we really think about the way we talk to ourselves with our inner dialogue, oh, you're not good enough for that. You're yep. too ugly for that. You can't go for that job. You're beating, you're putting, you're talking yourself down. Imagine if your friend was asking you for support, if you talk to your friend like that. No way. No way would we no ever way. talk to a friend like the way we talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to treat ourselves with care, with respect, with compassion, with forgiveness, with all the things that we would want our partner to do for us. We yeah. need to be doing that for ourselves. Yeah. And then the story you told also kind of goes back to what we were saying before about, you know, that 99% of the women who were like making excuses and all that stuff, because still at their core, they're, they're still waiting for someone to choose them. Yeah. Yeah. When the trick is when you love yourself, you're exactly right. It's that insecurity of I'm not enough. Yeah, I'm not enough. So I need someone to choose me. So validate me. I need an object referral. Mm -hmm. I need the man to choose Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So then now I know I'm worthy. That's right. Rather than knowing your intrinsic value and knowing your intrinsic worth. And I think a good barometer to know when your self love game is good is when you're dating from the standpoint of do I choose you? Yeah, that's that's I, it. Yes, I think a lot of women, <laughs> my hand included, used to not anymore. So I've been on my self love game. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, not anymore. This is old candy. Not new candy is brand mm. new. But mm. old candy was like that. Ninety nine point nine percent of women, where I would go on the dates or I would be in the relationship, and I would be like, I want to be good enough for you to choose me. Yeah. Now my mentality is, Are you good enough for me to choose you? Yeah. Like, because I, like you said, my self-worth about how I feel about me is Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. Now, what are you bringing to the table? Yeah. Are you going to respect my boundaries? Yeah. Right. My boundaries. Like, are you going to, you know, like I, I always want to be pursued and chased. Mm -hmm. I want to be in my divine feminine energy, being open and ready to receive. So you have to win me because if I am the prize, you have to win it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that means you're pursuing, you're chasing, you're putting in the effort. And then at the end of the day, may the best man win. Mm-hmm. And I pick who that person is. That's right. That's right. You're the picker. You have to be the chooser. You have to we be the chooser. have to be the chooser. You know, we don't really understand as women what we've got. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like somewhere along the way during like women's lib or whatever, that that we were like, well, we're empowered. And so we can have sex with whoever we want and we can do. But, you know, ultimately, it's like, are we really, though? <laughs> I think the thing is, they still miss the point. Like to me, like I'm like, I consider myself a feminist, but at, but in the actual sense, to me, it's just I want all people, women, men, bi, trans, they, us, our, LGBT, whatever. 
however you, whoever you are. Yeah. I just want everyone to have the freedom of choice, freedom what happens to their body, freedom who they sleep with, who they marry, if they don't marry. I just, to me, that's what being a feminist is, is that mm-hmm. I have the same freedom and autonomy as everyone else. That's if it. I choose yeah. to go to work, I can work. If I want to be a stay-at-home mom, I can be a stay-at-home mom. If I want to you know, have casual sex, I can have casual sex without being, you know, slut shamed or called all this stuff. True. Yes. But I think where they miss the point is the internal spiritual work 100%. when it comes to intentionality. Mm-hmm. Because if you're still out here saying, I'm a feminist, I can sleep whoever I want, but it's actually coming from a place of I'm not good enough. I'm That's less it. than. I'm. Are you going to choose me? Are you, you going to choose me? me after I sleep with you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have this whole front that like sex is just sex, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the truth is inside you're dying. And you're really sad and you're yeah. hurting and you're in pain and you're suffering. Then what is even the point? Because is it going to feed your insecurity it, now? Exactly. Then, yeah. you're, then you're no, then you're, you're in no better place than the stay at home mom in, you know, the suburbs who's also internally dying because she's not being the true expression of herself. You know, maybe she wants to work, but she feels like she can't because the social dynamic or whatever the case is, right? Whatever the case is, what is the point of being a liberated woman when internally you're still suffering and stuck? Yeah. 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 It's about the inner work. That's it's it. about it's about the intentionality. It's about actually loving yourself. Because you can love yourself and be a woman who's truly about casual sex and free love. That's absolutely yeah. I, I wish I could do that actually. I wish I, I had it in me. I can't either. But that's but that's authenticity because yeah. like me too. I'm like I wish I could do that. But like yeah. To thy own self be true. I know I'm not that girl. Mm-hmm. I know I am not that girl. Yeah, no judgment. No, <laughs> yeah, judgment. no judgment. I just like, I'm I want the emotional girl. connection. I want the intimacy. Exactly. That that does it for me. I just don't get off on casual sex. I can't Same. orgasm that way. Like if I would, I would do it, but I can't. It's just I not can't. in me. It's yeah. like that ick factor. Mm-hmm. It's like icky. It's not good. I don't enjoy it. And yeah. then when it's over, I just, I feel, I feel used. I don't like yeah, it. I don't I like, like it that, either. I like that emotional connection. Me I like too. the 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 union of it and it's like when I feel safe with the person safety that's a big one yeah safety if I feel like emotionally and mentally and spiritually safe with this person and if I feel secure in the relationship that is when it's so good and that's a totally different experience yeah and that's when it shows up differently energetically me too yeah yeah (laughs) it's so important so good so So good good. such a great conversation conversation. I loved it so much thank Thank you you. so much Jenna this was great so before we wrap up I just want everyone to know that you can get a copy of Jenna's book it is linked below in the show notes in the description box but Jenna two things real quickly leave us with one kernel of wisdom that you want to leave us with either something we talked about or something we didn't talk about but one thing you really want us to know and then also let us know it's linked below but also let us know where we can get your book and where we can connect with you okay awesome yes 100 so if i could leave with one word of wisdom it is you know we can all think that we love ourselves right a lot of people that i talk to go yeah i love myself but It's not enough just to love yourself. You have to love yourself more, more than the boss, more than your partner, more than your husband or wife, more than your kids. Mm -hmm. It is so important that you love yourself most, most, more than anyone else in your life. You have to make yourself your highest priority. You could love yourself and still not go for the dream job, you know? Yeah. 
You could love yourself and still not know how to communicate your needs. You have to love yourself more. And when you love yourself more, you have so much more love to give to everyone else, which is why I wrote the title of the book, I Love Me More. Yes. Yes. And where can we find I Love Me More? It's linked below, guys, but also where can we find it? The easiest way is just to go to my website, which is jenna-banks.com because I link to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and those places there. You can find it on Target and all over the place. It's in local bookstores. It's even in the airport bookstores. So if any of you are traveling, check your local airport bookstore. If it passes your mind, you got a little time to kill. You might just see it on the shelf um, after March 8th. But um, And then I'm also on social media and all those links are on my website as well. I'm super active on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. This has been such a fabulous conversation. I'm sure everyone listening and watching has been inspired to stand in your own power, know your worth. It's non-negotiable and be unavailable to the fuckery. So with that, everyone take care of yourself, like this video, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to share this with a friend because I bet you there is a good girlfriend you have that needs to hear what we just talked about. So don't forget to share this because growing your self-love, self-worth, and attracting everything you want in this world is always better with some community and a little bit of support. So until next time, everybody, be well, take care of yourself and each other. Bye. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer, Candy Washington, helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.